Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Our friends at Entergy congratulate the hardworking men and women at Grand Gulf Nuclear Station. In addition to powering Mississippi homes and businesses with clean, low-cost energy, Grand Gulf plays an important role as an economic driver in our state. Thank you for strengthening our communities and congratulations on your record-setting production. The carbon-free energy from Grand Gulf will power a brighter future for generations to come. Entergy, we power life. Pickens Jackson. You ready? Let's go! Now live in the Bank Plus studio, where college football meets the all-lifestyle. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. Streaming around the world live at the Out of Bounds radio app. And on your radio at ESPN 105.9. Where are you? The Zone. And good morning to you. We are the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Hope you're doing well. Thanks for making us your sports and entertainment show of choice in the great state of Mississippi. You can fuel up at Fleetway Markets around the state of Mississippi. Don't forget about the market cafes at some of the Fleetway Markets, including the Market Cafe in Gluckstadt. Uh, with some amazing food. They also have a 4th of July menu, and you'll have to order by, I think, the 30th. I'll look that up again. But we are powered by Fleetway Market in Gluckstadt, Fleetway Market on Highway 51 in Madison, and Fleetway Market in Dogwood, among 17 other locations. They just opened a new one, by the way. Our show is also presented by Independent Roofing Systems, the number one commercial roofing company in the state of Mississippi. This is ESPN 105.9 The Zone. You know the the big headline, the big story of today. We've been recapping uh, Ole Miss's magical run to the national championship and the fact that they we thought they would do could do this. Then they lost their fastball ball. Then they got it back. And then they finished with an exclamation point. 
of really dominating, uh, you know, rolling through the Miami Regional, the Southern Miss Super Regional. And, yeah, they had a few close games in Omaha, but only lost once. And they sweep Oklahoma in the championship series. Mike Bianco is goes from outhouse to legend. Probably wasn't going to finish his career at Ole Miss to the stadium will be named after him, if I had to guess. You just never know in life. I mean, life is that crazy, insane, turn of events. Uh, we really, a lot of people thought he, he would not finish his career at Ole Miss. Um, that he would finish his career at another Power 5 program. Um, instead, he now will have a max by the state law. Mm-hmm. It's four years. He will have a max contract at the number he wants. Um, plus, they're going to deed him the north side of the square. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he everything's good. He'll get a massive bump. Name the stadium after him. And I think they're going to name it Mike Bianco Stadium. I really do. Uh, and, you know, he... Vault was the one and only, and it really wasn't anybody close after that. And now Mike Bianco is on the same level, if not uh, even, you know. Well, Mike won a national title, so. So. A real one. I understand. That, that, I understand. That when you win it on the field and there's no disputing it, that's a national title. It is. And we're in modern era and there sports. there is no look, disputing it. Look, there's, over the last Forty plus years of, of college athletics, state kind of Ole, evolving into yeah. postseason play. I get it. State yeah. and Ole Miss have been close in different areas. They've had opportunities to do different things, but at the end of the day, the fact that back to back years their baseball programs win national titles—that's, I mean, it's remarkable. It it is. It's it even is. more than remarkable. But I can't statistically up. the like okay outside of the state of Texas and maybe the state of California, the statistical odds of having programs win titles in the same sport in back to back years in the same state is next to nothing. Fair enough. Because there aren't enough places where they even have two programs of any caliber. The fact that Auburn... Like Duke and North Carolina have done it in basketball. And Auburn and and Alabama doing it in a four-year stretch. Bama won three and Auburn won one. That's a remarkable thing to do it in football, which is probably the hardest to be equivalently talent level at, right? Like to have two teams that level of talent. Because even the state of Texas doesn't have two teams that could win a title in football. They haven't. No. In the same year. No. A&M might could be getting close, and if Texas turned it around, then maybe you'd have that. But to have st- a state like Mississippi, that size state, do that, I mean, it is. The only other one I can think of is, is like you said, Carolina Duke in basketball winning it in back-to-back but years. one, North Carolina, as you know, has a much bigger population. Yep. And so Duke won it 91, won it 92, and North Carolina won it 93. Yeah. And then Bama, Auburn, and football would be and the only other situation. I couldn't remember if you told me in the 2000s if Krzyzewski and Roy Williams butted up. No, titles. I don't think so. Okay. It was, you know, it was I, just, we, we talked about Duke NC, and then we talked about Bama, Bama, Auburn from 09 to like 12. They won four together. Well, I'd just rather do the one where it was one year Bama and one yep. year Auburn. Yep. And that was 09 and 10. Okay. That was Cam Newton Boom. 10, yeah. And like you said, man, it's hard to to find a state. Uh, hold on, Florida. I'm Florida, sure has Florida done State it. State in football. Hold on, Spurrier won his in '96. Miami won no. theirs. Did Miami F- win theirs in '01? FSU. 
Yes, Miami did. So FSU, one. Florida, FSU and Miami did it, right? 99, or was that 99, 2000, 2001? Was there a year in there? There might have been a I year think in there. there was a year, Blake. Will you look up college football titles? Thank you. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's an impressive one. So like, like you said, you know, to do it in baseball the way Mississippi has done it, with the population that Mississippi has, with the ability, the, the lack of air in there, right? Yeah. And how difficult it is to win it in baseball because you named two programs that are elite. Texas and LSU. LSU has not won a title since 09. Texas has not won since 05. Has Texas, it been that long? Texas has been more times than they have not been to Omaha. 38 times they've been, 37 times they haven't been. Okay? <laughs> I want you to say that out loud. They've gone more, one more trip they've gone than they haven't gone in the history of the World Series. And yet they haven't won a title since 05. Wow. LSU is the best program in the SEC from beginning to end. State has tons of tradition, but there's no program that has won more than LSU. They're only second to Texas. I mean, they're only second to Southern Cal in national titles. They're tied with Texas. And yet LSU hasn't won one since 09. <laughs> That's crazy. Trey, Trey's pretty funny on the Ag Up Equipment text line. Uh, 601-885-3776. He may have won today. Blake, he's in the running for the Ray-Bans from Eye Care Professionals. <laughs> That's a good text. All right, so Trey, here's Trey's text. The fact that MSU and Ole Miss went back-to-back national titles in baseball absolutely means the world is about to end. There's no disputing it. Get your affairs in order. That's pretty damn good, uh, Trey. That was a good text. I know I don't read many texts, but... Uh, we do love them. Let's see. Do you think if you're the a big... I was about to go with the text you're yeah, about to do. GW, read it. Read right, it. Yeah. Real quick. Uh, the big boosters that wanted to fire Bianco would give him an NIL deal right now if they could in order to promote their businesses. Yeah. That's from GW. Yeah, if you can get a Mike Bianco commercial, it's going to cost you an arm and a leg right now. Um, but it, you got to wonder if those boosters are scrubbing phones and checking internet receipts, right? From from about mid March, because there were some powerful people who were probably talking to Keith Carter about, hey, where are we going? We got to pull the plug. We got to sure. make a move, right? Sure. Now they'll be the ones footing the bill for the statue. <laughs> <laughs> well, there will be. Uh, I, again, I think it will be Mike Bianco Stadium, at a, and I do believe that he will get a statue. I think you have to, right? Um, because state. What, is the, what with, do they call it? In start the Pulp something like the Ring of Honor. Oh, okay. All right, so uh, the only statues are Raffi and Will. Do I have that Correct. right? There's not there are one. busts, which are like plaques with the face, got kind it, of the bronze okay. face. Yeah. So that's the Ring of Honor. That's okay. You, I think you're going to have a Bianco Ring of Honor, or whatever they want to call it. Well, and how do you decide who gets statues? Because everyone can't. It's the same thing with state. Like, does Mangum get a statue? Do you give one to Tanner Allen, Will Bednar for championships? Or does nobody? Are you just or not nobody? Having more? And and so see, Ole Miss doesn't have that problem because they haven't done anything like that. But you can't put Coach Bianco and one or two players, right? It's got to be kind of one or the other. Do you give the coach the statue? And the Ring of Honor is something else, or does Mike Bianco get a Ring of Honor and you put a player statue? Well, if I was Mike, I'd just, regardless of what Ole Miss decides, I'd go ahead and get one made for my front yard. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll be back in a second. Good morning. Welcome in. Ole Miss National Champs. How 
have to tell you about this game-changing product I use before a night out with drinks. It's called Z-Biotics. Let's face it. After a night out with drinks, I don't bounce back the next day like I used to. And I have to make a choice. I can either have a great night or a great next day. And that is until I found Z-Biotics. Every time I have a Z-Biotics before drinks, I notice a difference the next day. Even after a night out, I can confidently plan on hosting this show and being awesome without worry. Look, I won't lie. I was a bit on the fence about Z-Biotics initially, but then while hanging out with friends over cocktails, I gave it a shot. And believe me, it is the real deal. Go to zbiotics.com slash OOB to get 15% off your first order when you use OOB at checkout. Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash OOB and use the code OOB at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. Our friends at Entergy congratulate the hardworking men and women at Grand Gulf Nuclear Station. In addition to powering Mississippi homes and businesses with clean, low-cost energy, Grand Gulf plays an important role as an economic driver in our state. Thank you for strengthening our communities and congratulations on your record-setting production. The carbon-free energy from Grand Gulf will power a brighter future for generations to come. Entergy, we power life. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mike Bianco is a national championship coach. We feel confident and what a turn of events. Uh, there was some time there where we didn't think he would finish his career at Ole Miss. He would finish it at another power five program. And now I think they'll name the stadium after him. And I'm not kidding. Um, we welcome in someone who's covered him, I think for 21 of the 22 seasons, he was out in Omaha. They've done a great job, both djournal.com and Ole Miss discussion with Parrish Offord and Michael Katz. Parrish Offord, Ole Miss Baseball Insider, joins us on the Corona Premier Guest Line. Uh, Parrish, when I say Mike Bianco is a national championship coach, what comes to mind? You know, it, I guess what comes to mind is it, it finally happened for him because he He's put himself in position so many times, and uh, like so many, so many championships, this one was just unexpected. It was a team that got hot and played well at the end, but certainly, um, you can talk about team meetings and players believing and, and all of that, and that's great, and that needs to be a starting point. But uh, when you're seven and fourteen in conference play after two-thirds of the conference season, there's just not a lot of belief from anyone else. What was it like to – and I, you may not have been able to catch it live because I don't know what you were doing 
you know, roaming around trying to go to a media spot or whatever. But I, I feel confident you have watched it now. Uh, what was it like when you saw Mike Bianco and his wife embrace and how, you know, emotional that was in the 22-year grind to get to the promised land and the national championship, Parrish? You know, when I saw that, I thought um, championship, yes, but just just validation of the work and the effort. And I know what uh, Mike said after uh, the uh, the Super Regional at Southern Miss about uh, all of the noise and, and trying to tone that out. And, you know, he did mention that it was hard to do that when he would see his family or he'd see his players because he knew they were on social media, you know, hearing all of that discussion about his future, about his job security and all of that. I know he talked about turning that out. I think that's uh, really hard to do. And I don't know how much he was able to tone all of that out. When I saw the two of them together, you know, I, I just, in my mind, I saw a sense of relief as, as much as joy, relief as well. Okay. Uh, and then the embrace with Lafferty and Clem. Most most staffs don't stay together that long, even in college baseball, which kind of has a little bit more longevity than football and bas- high-level football and basketball staffs. Uh, I can't remember when Godwin went to East Carolina, but I think it was 2014. But, I mean, these three have been around each other a long time. Uh, obviously, one of them's been there a long time. What was your reaction when you saw Bianco and the assistant coaches embrace? And look, those two assistant coaches thought they may have been moving out of Oxford in April. Parrish? Right. Again, just validation of the work and the effort and the program. And it's, it's great to win the national championship, Bo, and it's great for them that they had this big turnaround uh, at the end of the season. But it's like the program should already have been validated, not necessarily with the national championship, but with uh, the idea that this is one of the top programs in the country, and it is every year. But then there was this, there was this conversation about the head coach and, by extension, the assistant coaches. Uh, now that, uh, that goes away, and honestly, I think the ship had sailed on that discussion really after they reached Omaha, and certainly – after they went on a run, you know, nothing lasts forever. You know that Chris Lamontis won this last year, and and I've I've seen on social media a comment or two uh, questioning whether he's the the man for Mississippi State. I know you've seen some of that as well. It's not a lot. There's not a lot of it out there, but there's some. And the point is, even a national championship does not protect you from that indefinitely. But there was so much of that conversation around Mike Bianco's future this season. It's just, it's good to see him finally get over the hump, get to Omaha, which was the first step. Sure. Uh, that, that, but uh, then to go on this run and really, you know, push buttons along the way, man. It was like everything he did with his pitchers turned out to be the right move. Yeah. Now, there was some some conversation, you know, when he was pinch hitting uh, Ben Van Cleve and Hayden Leatherwood against Arkansas in that game that they lost. But, uh, man, it, it just seemed like everything he did with his pitchers uh, was the right move. 
Uh, Parrish and Katz have done a great job the last, well, forever, but the last 10 days as far as fresh content on Ole Miss discussion with Parrish Alford and Michael Katz on Facebook plus djournal.com. And so you'll want to check that out. Go ahead and join the group. Uh, but they've really hit home run after home run, no pun intended, uh, with their coverage. Parrish Alford, Ole Miss baseball insider on the Corona premier guest line. All right, you, I, I agree with you on, on Delucia and Elliot. They were absolutely amazing, and they were the key to to the to the whole deal, along with some other pitchers. But you you and I've talked about this, and you kept harping on it. It's pitching, it's pitching, it's pitching. Even with all the phenomenal hitters they have on their team. But I tell you one thing that jumped out at me yesterday was a guy who was in a slump, who's still the best player on their team as far as everyday player, and Jacob Gonzalez going yard, and then the other hit. When they needed it, you know, talent rises to the top, and he is the best MLB prospect on that team. Talk about Jacob Gonzalez yesterday real quick, Parrish. Finally come through because he had not in recent games. I mean, it's something he did a little bit early offensively in the College World Series, but, you know, he really had been struggling most of the tournament. Remember, it was Jacob Gonzalez for the last out in the game. They lost 3-2 uh, to two against Arkansas. Uh, when uh, they when they could have advanced to the championship round without playing that extra game. And, and that was, again, they had gotten some clutch hits in that game, but that was an opportunity to win it, to, to win it late. And it wasn't just Jacob. They could have done it uh, in, in other ways, but, you know, he, he flied out. He wasn't able to come through in that situation uh, in that loss. But as they kept striking out in at bat after at bat yesterday uh, against uh, Cade Horton. I just, you know, I, I just thought, well, this isn't going to be the day. And, and I started looking ahead and I thought, uh, you know, their pitching lines up uh, pretty good tomorrow. They haven't used a ton of the bullpen. And, you know, they'll start uh, Delucia and just see how long he can go. You know, I, I thought they had a good opportunity uh, if it was going to go to a third game. Uh, and it just turned on a dime. And like you said, they, they got the hit against Horton and got him out of the game. Uh, but then, I mean, this uh, Trevin Michael, this closer they brought in, I mean, you're talking about a guy with a two-and-a-half ERA and ten saves. I mean, he was their guy. You know, and, and there were, uh, you know, uh, Oklahoma media sitting off to our right as, as they were just basically getting dominated. Uh, by the starter yesterday, and uh, the commentary I was hearing from those guys, you know, we're always talking in the press box, Bo, and it's usually cynical. But uh, <laughs> the co- the comment I was hearing from those guys was, man, if they can't, uh, you know, if they can't hit Horton, they're not going to touch Trevin Michael. You know, I thought uh, Oklahoma looked really tight at times. They looked tight early Agreed. in the first game. And then at the end, this this closer to come in and you know they they hit him, they teed off on him, they got the hits, but it's the wild pitches, you know that's how the big runs score. We'll leave it there. Parish Offer, djournal.com, Ole Miss discussion with Parish Offered and Michael Katz on Facebook. Parish, thanks. We'll catch up again soon. Appreciate it. We're live in the Bank Plus studio. Parrish Offered, Ole Miss baseball insider, joined us on the Corona Premier Guest Line. Straight ahead, I think we've got Tom Luganville.
coming up next on the SEC Insider Hit. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Our friends at Entergy congratulate the hardworking men and women at Grand Gulf Nuclear Station. In addition to powering Mississippi homes and businesses with clean, low-cost energy. Grand Gulf plays an important role as an economic driver in our state. Thank you for strengthening our communities and congratulations on your record-setting production. The carbon-free energy from Grand Gulf will power a brighter future for generations to come. Entergy, we power life. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. We go to uh, Tom Luganville, National College Football Analyst with ESPN on the Corona Premier Guest Line. It's National Sunglasses Day. We're giving away a pair of Ray-Bans from eye care professionals. Dr. Kirk Jeffries, LASIK and cataract surgery, two locations in the Jackson metro area. Eye care professionals uh, to enter. Uh, shoot us a text on any of the topics today. Or on Twitter, the text line is 601-885-3776. That's how you enter, and you could win. Uh, Blake and Reeves will pick the best text after the show, and you'll get a pair of Ray-Bans from Eye Care Professionals, LASIK and Cataract Surgery, Dr. Kirk Jeffries. We want to welcome in Lugs, Tom Luganville, who uh, basically booted us for the ACC Network. I thought that was a basketball network, but evidently they do talk football. And so we welcome in Tom Luganville to the Out of Bounds Show. Good morning, Wild Man. How are you? <laughs> I promise you did. I did not boot you, but I was scrambling when the sun hadn't come up yet when I got called out of the bullpen. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, man. Well, Holy smokes. All right, uh, all right, real quick, I can't stay on this long because we're so SEC-centric, as you know. Yeah. Um, who, is, who is the favorite? according to Tom Luganville, is it Clemson or do you have someone else that could, uh, that could give Clemson a run for their money in the ACC this year? If Clemson fixes the quarterback position, it's Clemson. If they don't, I think NC state is, is primed for having a, a, a magical type of year where they could jump up and, 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 and bite some people. I will say this though. 
the quarterback play in that league, whether it's Brennan Armstrong at Virginia, Malik Cunningham at Louisville, Tyler Van Dyke at Miami, um, Devin Leary at NC State, Sam Hartman at Wake, quarterback play is going to be as good as there is anywhere. Okay. Really? You've Okay. Oh, yeah. Really uh, strong. Okay. Are, are, are any of the guys you just referenced as good as or better? Again, uh, none of them have the uh, the talent around them, and you know where I'm about to go. Yeah. Uh, are any of those guys as good or better than Bryce Young, Luke's? Uh, as the total package, maybe not. I think as a passer, Tyler Van Dyke at Miami is as good as anybody in the country. I mean, he is a really, really talented passer. And I think the most underrated guy in that whole group is Brennan Armstrong um, at Virginia. Um, all of them are bigger than Bryce Young. All of them may, you know, have some physical attributes that are a little bit different. But as the total package comes into play, probably not. But I think you hit the nail right on the head. Um, he's playing with, with pieces of the puzzle around him that none of those other guys are even close to playing with. Okay, Tom Luganbill on the Out of Bounds show. You said Tyler Van Dyke at Miami at the U? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, really it, good. Is Josh Gaddis, because I thought he did a good job at Michigan, and I, and, I, and it, yeah. Har- Harbaugh may have screwed up flirting too long with the Vikings and losing both coordinators, but I don't want to get too far into that. Is Gaddis good enough? Because Miami's been in that 12 to 15 range recruiting for a while. They just haven't had the results they want on the field. So it's not like Chris Ball is walking into a uh, a roster that's just like total rebuild, no talent. Um, right. Is is Gaddis good enough with if he can make Tyler Van Dyke as, as good as he can be, could Miami be one of the surprise? I don't mean win it, but could they be one of the surprise yeah. teams in college football this year, Tom? Yeah, I think they're expected to be. I still think in a transitional year, they're they're still probably going to take a big step, but it will be the following year where you will start to see all of the hype start to come into play. But listen, they, they've got some, uh, some pieces offensively with that quarterback. Uh, they're pretty dialed in in the offensive line. Um, they've got, we know they have athletes, but I think really that's a, when you talk about Miami right now, you talk about the combination of Mario Cristobal, not from a coaching perspective, from a recruiting and player evaluation perspective, and the addition of Dan Radakovic. He's a transformative athletic director. You look at what he did at Clemson during his tenure, what they've become. That's the type of play of, of leadership they need there. So in it, when it's all said and done, the short term, I think they're going to have to deal with what they inherited. Like you said, it's not a bare cupboard, but it's not where it needs to be yet either. Okay. Okay. Tell me about the uh, Rashada, the quarterback who committed. Because yeah. Ole Miss was in on him too, as were others. I think he's out of the Bay Area, but he committed to Cristobal and Gaddis. Gaddis was the lead recruiter. And, yeah. and, and the Miami Hurricanes over the weekend – uh, highly sought after, highly thought of. How did Tom Luganbill and the recruiting team at ESPN see Rashada? Yeah, he, he's an Under Armour All-America guy for us. Um, he was an early invite. I think he's very, very talented. I think that relationship began with Josh Gaddis when he was at Michigan. They recruit California 
heavily. Um, the state of California from the University of Oregon's perspective is obviously a priority, so you'd already had an established relationship with Mario Cristobal as well. So I think the star is kind of aligned on this one. Um, and, and they're selling the future. Now, you know, is NIL involved in this in some way, shape, or form? Heck, I'm sure it is. I don't know how it's not anymore. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think that there were some relationships between Gaddis and Cristobal okay. that didn't just form this past January. Okay. Uh, his name's Jaden Rashada, committed to yep. Miami. Can you comp him for us? Can you give another, uh, maybe a guy that we would know that there's some similarities or stylistically, you know, maybe? Yeah, he's got a little, from a physical attribute standpoint, he does a lot of the same things that Spencer Rattler did coming out of high school. Um, he's taller uh, than, than Spencer is, but. Uh, maybe a little bit of a more natural runner, but um, can really make all the throws. And, and I got to be honest with you, like I look at this 2023 quarterback class and we're constantly going back and forth and you've got guys like Malachi Nelson and Arch Manning and you've got Jaden Rashada, uh, you've got Eli Holstein. Like I think at times you could take all of those guys and, you could put any one of them at one, two, or three, and you probably wouldn't be wrong. You, you'd, you'd probably be somewhat accurate. Because I'm not convinced that, you know, an Arch Manning is far and away better than everybody else. I think uh, he's in the conversation. Uh, but I think Jaden Rashada's in the conversation. Or a, you know, like I said, an Eli Holstein's mm. in the conversation. You know, everybody talks about, Alabama hedging their bets, which I thought was an incredibly smart move, and it ended up being the right move. All right, let's talk Arch Manning. Tom Luganville's been heading up ESPN's college football recruiting for years. Obviously, you see him on TV on Saturdays and everywhere else. Uh, he joins us on the Corona Premier Guest Line, played quarterback at Georgia Tech, and national college football analyst with ESPN. Arch Manning to Texas. Already landed five more commits. I mean, you know, there's a lot of still a lot of work to do there, but what do you, all right, let's start with his commitment. You knew that Sark was the leader, I mean was one of the leaders, he and Kirby. Sure. At, what what are your thoughts now that Arch has called his shot to the Texas Longhorns, Luke? That is one piece of a puzzle in a puzzle that is missing a ton of pieces whereas at Alabama <laughs> or Georgia He's one piece of the puzzle where all the other pieces are already present. And I think that, to me, was what made this somewhat surprising is where the roster profiles are in comparison to the finalists that were in the mix. And, listen, there was a lot of criticism of this announcement. If I'm him, I'm looking at it. For whatever the reasons were, he made the decision got it over with. I think that was smart. You can get back to being a kid, get back to being a senior and playing high school football. You only get to do that during a, a very short four-year stretch. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's easy to criticize. It's easy to look at this and say, oh, well, did he make the right move? Did he make the wrong move? But really, does it matter? I mean, with the transfer portal now, Bo, I mean, it doesn't matter if 
for some reason ends up not being the right place. All right, well, you just leave. And um, and so, you know, I have people ask me, well, how, how much do you think, you know, NIL played a role in this? Well, I think NIL had some type of a role in every one of his finalists. So now you've got to start looking at other areas, too, and making sure you feel like it's, it's the right fit. But there's no doubt Steve Sarkeesian's presence, going back to being the offensive coordinator at Alabama uh, when, you know, Arch was just a freshman uh, there in Louisiana. I think that's where this whole thing began. Okay. Tom Luganbill on the show talking Arch Manning uh, committed to Texas. We got to hit on it a little bit on Friday, but with Ole Miss winning big in baseball, it was kind of nuts. All right, well, Lukes, what do you make of, like, Jaden Chapman committing, uh, Jonah Wilson committing, yeah. um, Trey Wisner? No, that was earlier. Sorry, I'm trying to go by 620. All right, Leona yeah. LeFou, I don't know how to say that name, Connor Stroh. I mean, so, basically, all of a sudden, they added, like, five guys, and as you said, Arch can pull kids, other guys from the transfer portal, over the next year yeah. or two, and even more commitments between now and December 20th, whenever signing day is. So kind of give me your thoughts on where, what else, um, how this could impact Texas in a positive way over the next few months. Well, I think it's going to be interesting to see what type of personality Arch Manning has in terms of what type of role he wants to play for the University of Texas. Is he going to naturally be one of those Pied Pipers that is, is going to lead people down the, the streets of the, of the downtown square and he's going to bring them all together? Or is he going to be a guy that just is part of the class and really doesn't want to play that role? I, I think that naturally, you know, other skill guys are going to be attractive. You know, when he made that verbal commitment, the very small Texas class did not have a single wide receiver committed to that class in the ESPN 300. Now, there are guys out there like a Jonte Cook, uh, like a Jacquez Pedway, um, uh, Jalen Brown. Um, there, there, there's guys out there that are available that have Texas as a finalist. Um, but I think that's what you're kind of hoping in all of this is that, you know, everybody wants to either play with him or be a part of this resurgence. The reality, though, is this. You've got one quarterback in Quinn Ewers that is battling with Hudson Card, another freshman in Charles Wright, a true freshman in Malik Murphy, and none of them have played. Um, You have a bunch of money, supposedly, invested in one in Quinn Ewers, (laughs) and now you've got Arch Manning coming into the the fold, and i got to be honest with you. The one thing I like about this verbal commitment is obviously he's not afraid of competition, but I also look at it from this perspective, Bo, is what if, and I've said this to you before, and I know I'm in the minority here because everybody's so convinced that he's, he's going to be the savior of the program, but what if part of this recruitment was a message that was sent to Arch Manning that we don't believe Quinn is the guy. We don't believe he is the answer. What if that's part of the equation? And and that's going to be make things really interesting because Arch Manning doesn't arrive on campus for another year and a half. Right. Right. Hmm. Okay. Uh, what with Arch Manning going to Texas and he he wants to win a national championship, 
I'm sure his family wants to win a national <laughs> championship. And and a program like Texas and Southern Cal can load the boat quick, okay? And like you said, not only can they load it through recruiting, they can load it through, you know, five or six transfer portal guys this year, maybe more, and another five or six the next. And, and maybe they can at least be within striking distance of Alabama, Georgia, LSU talent. Do you believe, and it's a long shot to win anywhere, but do you believe that Texas could put themselves in position through the transfer portal and recruiting uh, in the next few years? Not unless they all of a sudden become Alabama or Georgia or Clemson, Ohio State, up front on either side of the ball. They're so far away, in my opinion, um, from those other rosters where it really counts. I mean, Bo, I mean, we're talking about the University of Texas. You realize they haven't had an offensive lineman drafted in the first round in 20 years? That's hard to do. I could go do that, and I'm not a football coach. But anyway, I I know how to recruit, but anyway, yeah. Yeah, and so... Um, I mean, look at the guys that Alabama and Georgia's playing with. Why have those programs done what they've done? Why is Ohio State and Clemson, uh, why have they done what they've done? It's because of the guys in, the, in those positions, and that's where they're going to have to somehow, some way, close the gap. And, you know, again, you have different ways of doing that now with the transfer portal, with name, image, and likeness. Um, but you better you better get a bunch of guys that understand name, image, and likeness is tied into performance. Because the last what is the biggest one of some of the chief complaints we hear, and they're about to move into the SEC. What are some of the chief complaints we hear in regards to them? Complacency, sense of entitlement, sure. no motivation to perform. Well, keep in mind that money makes you more of what you already are. So if we're going to throw a bunch of money around in NIL and there's a bunch of people wanting some of that money but performance isn't a part of the equation, then we're going to end up with a lot of the same of what we've already got. Okay. What do you make of this, uh, I think it's A.J. Milwee is the QB coach and and was a big piece of the puzzle along with Sark. Uh, Do you know him and and – what do you make? I think he's the quarterback coach for the Texas Longhorns. Yeah, he worked. He worked uh, with Sark in an analyst role at Alabama. Got it. Um, has a background. Has a background in, 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 on offense and in its quarterback position. And then, listen, at the end of the day, you know, over the last ten to fifteen years, that's what we've seen on offense in college football. Right? We've seen a youth movement. We've seen thirty-five-year-old hotshot coordinators getting head coaching jobs. We're seeing twenty-seven-year-old. Uh, quarterback coaches uh, getting offensive coordinator jobs. You know, I mean, it's it didn't used to be like that in the profession. And so, you know, you're, when you're closing that age gap, and it seems to resonate in recruiting. Okay. All right. Uh, so you're not – but, I mean, through the transfer, they're, they're already recruiting at a high level. I mean, they had a top-10 class last year. Um, mm-hmm. I don't I, – I mean, this isn't – this isn't out of reach that in three years they can build up that. Oh, all right, they signed a ton of O-line and D-line last year, as you know. You may not be high on them. I don't know, and I don't do that deep a dive. No, it's not that we're high on them. But like I said, the one problem that you have, it's hard to trust those classes. You know, after a while when 
you keep seeing a highly ranked class of this net, sooner or later they got to perform. Fair I enough. Mean, at the end of the day, I think that's where the chief complaint, for the most part, has been. Okay. All right. But, I mean, this is a hell of a jump start, right? I mean, to get him to land five commits and who knows how many more you're going to get, I mean, hey, they may make a run over the next five months at Georgia and Alabama, right? I mean, I say make a run at the recruiting title this year is where I'm going. Yes, I think they can do that. There's no question about that. Then the question is, how do you transition that into wins and losses, especially when you're going to be transitioning into arguably what is going to be one of the most difficult transitions of conference realignment that you've ever experienced as a program. Yeah, I wonder if the SEC, we don't have time, but I I wonder if the SEC, it it looked awesome right when it was announced. And it does make it more fun on some Saturdays, but I wonder if Sankey bit off more than they should um, with adding Oklahoma and Texas. I don't know. I mean, we'll see how it, I know they're going to stay at eight games which I think is smart um, because you need, you need wins and, and going to nine would have just been brutal, especially for the 10 teams outside of Bama, Georgia, and LSU and Florida when they're run right. But uh, right. we can jump into that, you know, maybe next week or the next or when it will next Monday we're off. But anyway, all right. Um, I think real quick, I think real quick, I think you run the risk of what you're talking about right there. Yeah. Is having, is having high profile programs that are all of a sudden six and six because there's too many of them. Yeah. Make sense. Yeah, no, it does. Yeah. I think what happened is, and you don't have to comment on this. Uh, Ross Bjork ran his mouth and about the Texas thing, which then led to Oklahoma. And I think Sankey had the college football playoff thing done. I think he had it at 12 teams. And I think his yeah. thinking was with 12, Obviously, you get in more teams, and you're going to start to get in like 10-2 and two teams from the Southeastern Conference because of strength of schedule, and that's still amazing record once you add Texas and Oklahoma. Let's say Florida, for example, Luke's. They don't, you know, we're going to do away with divisions. They're just going to take the top two to Atlanta. That's great. Let's say Florida finishes third, but they still go 10-2. and two. In a 12-team right. playoff, you feel pretty damn confident they make it, okay? And I think Sankey had it done. He had the G5 bought in that they were going to get an, you know, a, a, a chance at the big pot of money, and then it all, you know, Ross Bjork ran his mouth like he's really good at. It. He did it here at Ole Miss, and then it, it 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 got out from underneath him, and the other Power Five conferences kind of, you know, said, eh, "I don't think we'll do it," and and that's where we are today. So I guess it'll be interesting to see when they can pick the pieces back up put the puzzle back together and all get on the same page and vote for an expanded playoff to make hundreds of millions of dollars more. I guess we'll leave it there. So, all right, right, buddy. Be good. See you. You too. Thanks. Tom Luganbill on the Corona premier guest line. That was fun. The Arch Manning piece was, uh, was good, but I like the fact that he's not just saying up, they landed Arch Manning. It's done. No, because he's, he's right about the The line of scrimmage. The beef. Yeah, the beef and the fact he's like, I, I get it. I, I'm i head of recruiting for ESPN, and I've, I've watched Texas land 
number eight class, number nine class, number ten class is after there, class, is and there they haven't done more, it on the field. Is there anything more indicting than the fact that Texas hasn't had an offensive lineman drafted in twenty years? Yeah. I would, you would, I would have lost every dime I own that they haven't had at least one O lineman in the last twenty years. Like Connor Williams wasn't drafted until the second or third round by the Dallas Cowboys, and even then, people thought that was a reach. Um, and he's into. It's not like he's a a a, a special left tackle, like. Yeah. That's crazy. You know, they haven't Charles had a, uh, even close to like a, yeah, not like a half of what Laramie Tunzel or Cross was, Laramie right? Tunzel. I mean, they don't have anything close yes. to that. Yes. Yeah. Right. That's incredible. It is. All right. Uh, Ole Miss with the national title in baseball. They sweep the Oklahoma Sooners. We believe that it will now be Mike Bianco Stadium in Oxford, Mississippi. Just a matter of time. We know that Mike will be able to name his number. There will be no negotiating with his contract extension. He'll just say, he'll have a piece of paper. He'll say, here's what I want. Thank you. And then he can just go back to the house and sit by his national championship trophy. Um, I think we're going to have David DeLucci on here in a few minutes. We'll pop that on the podcast, see what goes on there. And we'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Out of Bounds show. Hit the podcast, Apple Podcast, and or Spotify. Search Out of Bounds with Bow Bounds. Thanks for listening to the show brought to you by Rick's Pro Truck and RPT. And don't forget that lunch today is brought to you by Burgers, Blues, and Barbecue. Some onion rings and a burger to celebrate your national championship in Madison. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.